Welcome, everyone, to episode two of the Polychromatic Podcast. I'm loving this. This is so exciting. I, After the first one, I just wanted to keep doing them over and over again. And so we're really excited to be here, and we hope that you'll enjoy this. And something that we have wanted to do for a very long time. We're very actually pretty proud that last episode, there was 0% post-production work that went into that. We just ended up just posting that right up. So we're hoping that we'll have the same luck this time where we don't have to do anything post-production wise. And hopefully we actually get a good outcome from this. Um, You know, I guess we're going to run out of luck eventually, but for the time being, we're okay. Um, I realized last time I did not introduce my co-host. My co-host here is my mom, Elaine. Hello, Elaine. Hey, Zach. How's it going, sweetie? Doing all right. Um, so there's a, this is a, a two of us podcast. It's a mother and son podcast, if we didn't make that clear earlier. Um, we've been talking about this, again, just to rehash on what we talked about last time, you know, for the past, I mean, three-ish years at least, I'd say pretty solidly. And we've actually finally gotten around to it. So it feels great to actually be doing it. I was really excited after um, we published our last podcast. What was it? It was on Sunday. We did it on Saturday and we published it on Sunday. And um, we've already gotten some pretty good, I don't want to say feedback, but but a pretty good response. And we've, uh, you know, quite a few of the hits from troubleshooting and stuff. And just from us, um, you know, um, I guess being a little love struck with what we've created here. Um, we, you know, quite a few of those downloads are from us, but there's actually a good chunk that are not from us. We even had someone all the way from Belgium that had downloaded wow. our podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, um, we had some in San Francisco and we have some. Uh, throughout Denver, uh, nowhere else really, um, you know, speckled or peppered on the map other than those main places. I think there might have been one also from uh, South Carolina as well. But yeah, it's really cool. I mean, that's pretty cool, Zach. Someone from another country. I mean, that's what's beautiful about these podcasts. They go yeah. all over the world. Yeah, and that's pretty amazing to me. I mean, have the opportunity to do something like this that previously, you know, twenty years ago, the internet is really in one way. Even though a lot of bad has come with the internet. Um, and we're very wired, wired culture nowadays, a lot of beautiful things have happened with the internet. Like we're doing something that would have previously been out of reach oh, to do. Absolutely. You do it out of your ha- own home, mm-hmm. uh, sound studio, wherever you pick the place to do it. And it's just instant. I mean, you can sit down and get into it and you don't even have to really do that much planning except for maybe what you may want to talk about. But other than that, uh, Zach and I just kind of do our own thing. We don't really have a script. We don't really have much that we really plan ahead of time because we have found that the two of us can actually spend three, four, five hours just talking back and forth with each other. And that's why we thought this might be really interesting because we just have a kind of a knack for that. The only thing that I was concerned about, Zach, one thing, what? is that a lot of times we're so enthusiastic when we talk to each other. I was thinking that, I wonder how this is going to work when we actually do a podcast, because we're so enthusiastic and we're listening to each other, but we want to eagerly jump in. And sometimes I notice for my part that I tend to interrupt you. So I've had to be very careful during podcasts, and this is going to really help me in our everyday living, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, On that topic, it's okay. There's one last thing I just wanted to say about the internet is the internet basically democratized a lot of things that previously were out of reach. It democratized it. I mean... You know, you used to not be able to, as a band, become um, a published band, you know, and I guess recorded or what, what's the term, signed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Internet completely changed that. And oh. so there's uh, so many amazing creative things that are happening on the Internet every day. 
um, and you see it. And, you know, I don't know, I'm, I may sound stuck up to say this, okay, because, you know, you look at the YouTube, you look at all these different places and, um, you know, like even Twitch, you know, like, which is where you can play video games in front of people and whatnot. And, you know, I, what struck me as strange is I never really saw it as a quote unquote creation or, or being a creative doing that. Um, for a long time. And I was like, why are people considering themselves creatives? And they, they call it creating content. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by creating content? But, um, you know, I really have to understand that really in the process of creating content, anything that we do, I used to think that only way you can create content is if you're 100% original. And the only way you can be original is if you ideas are original. Not that in today's world where originality is taking other things that exist and repackaging them in new forms. And that is creativity. That is creation. So. Absolutely. I also think the only way that for me to look at real is to be transparent, to be who I am. I think that just trying to pretend something else or making yourself something else is impersonal. You don't get to really know the depth of a person. So to be just who you are, and that's the exciting thing about life is that I think that at, that is something that I've learned throughout the years is just to give myself permission to just be who I am and know that that's okay. Yep. Um, well, if you're done with your part, I've, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> just want to make sure I'm not interrupting you either. So why don't we just check in with each other? Um, so anyways, um, did want to provide a few updates. Um, I've been working pretty heavily on the website. The website is polychromatique.com. I love it. So it's polychromatic, but polychromatique is our website is P-O-L-Y-C-H-R-O-M-A-T-I-C-T-I-Q-U-E.com. So polychromatic in French, essentially, .com. Um, and there I've been working on getting the website together. So the layout is, you know, we basically have our first page built design-wise. Um, and it, believe it or not, the latest podcast does automatically um, update from the feed. Um, so that part is automatic already. I've been working on the login system. It's a very basic login system that kind of goes against the grain. It's um, where you can request a login link uh, to be sent to your email address, and you get to specify how long you want that link to last. And as long as you bookmark uh, the token ID for that URL, you will automatically be able to be logged into the website. And so uh, you don't not, you do not need to remember a new password. What you do have to remember, though, is what your uh, specified username is, because the first time you sign up with that username. If you do end up with that username, you receive an email and it'll be in that email that you need to make note of that username. Because if you want to get another email link sent to you, you got to make sure that you remember what that value is because otherwise without knowing what the username is, um, it will not send out an email. And that's just to cut down on abuse because people could just be entering people's email addresses in with you know ha having absolutely no idea and abusing that feature. So that's one way to cut down on that abuse. So it means that most people will only be requesting at most one email um, validation link per day. Um, and then if a person signs up, you know, for, you know, a year's worth of use of the link, as long as they're reusing it, they don't have to have another email sent to them. So it's really awesome. You know what I really love about this? What's that? No password. Yes, no password. That's right. So no more that password. We understand how annoying it is. We're wanting to lower the impact threshold for you guys to be able to become involved on the website. You might be asking, okay, why would you want to come out, go out of your way and be involved with us as a podcast? You know, I've got so much, you know, things going on in my life. Why would I want to be involved? Well, the question's up to you. There may be no reason that you want to become involved, but if you do like our message and you do find, you know, our message personable, um, relatable, 
Um, you want to uh, provide feedback on you know newer episodes on what we're talking about. We'll probably be also be posting polls, um, be able to contact us, um, download episodes. And additionally, once we actually start um, taking um, supporters, you know, if we, we might open a Patreon, we might also take donations. If you do donate the podcast, we will definitely do um, some, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff one way or another. Um, I don't know what that will look like yet, but it'll be additional content. If you guys do want to support it, it's not at all expected. Um, we're just throwing that out there as an option. And additionally, with your user account, which will allow you to comment on each episode and comment amongst yourself on each episode, um, you will also receive a, a badge uh, next to your name that will make it clear that you're a, a contributor to um, our podcast. The one last thing I just wanted to say is with the comment system, I'm also going to be implementing a comment system that I think the internet for years should have been implementing. And I'm not sure if you've ever been on reddit.com or Facebook. They all do a single threaded system where if someone posts something and you got a whole bunch of sub replies and sub replies of sub replies and sub reply of blah, 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 blah. And you completely, once you get down to the bottom of like a Reddit post where, you know, you know 30,000 messages, you just get completely lost. Um, so it's my, been my idea to do like, um, uh, like a 2D commenting system where you'll have, um, you know, instead of all of the comments just being on the vertical, uh, sub comments to each comment will actually run horizontally. So that way it's out of view. And only if you want to look there, well, you have to look there. And it's very similar to, you know, the way their normal thread would be, but it's more intuitive to know that if you're, if you're going horizontal, that first one to the left is the one you're, you're, you're replying to rather than having to, you know, follow the line down vertically to figure out, I already do that with coding and it's annoying as hell. So this, I think is just going to be a lot easier uh, to see. So anyways, I'm just, I'm, you can see I'm proud about design. I'm also very proud of the website. Um, more on that later, what inspired this. But uh, <laughs> No, you did a fantastic job. A really, really amazing job. And as I mentioned before, passwords have always been a problem for me. And I think I come up with the best password. But then it, it's so good that, in my mind anyway, it probably isn't. But I can never remember it. And mm -hmm. what we're looking forward to a lot is your comments. That means a great deal to us because we want to be interactive with you. So what this means as well is that we're willing to take uh, any subject matter or topic that you're interested in talking about, us talking about right now, until we actually get to the point which we eventually want to be able to talk to you on the phone so that we can make this more interactive and you know, perhaps you can make your own comments during that time, which we're really looking forward to that. But definitely we're open for any suggestions because there's really nothing that I can think of outside the realm of anything that Zach would not, and I would not be willing to talk about. And uh, do you feel that way, Zach? I do. Um, can I add something real quick to that? Sure. Um, on the website, the next kind of goal is to get the contact form up. Um, but also you will be able to comment on each episode, as I was mentioning. Um, with what my mom's talking about, um, I don't know what, if we want to like create a, a stretch goal for that, um, you know, as far as, um, or if we just, we plan on doing it anyways, but the bottom line is, um, I'm thinking that maybe, um, it could be something that will, you know, once we're at a certain threshold, we might consider, you know, taking, taking people live, you know, actually doing live versions and stuff. It's going to be a bit down the road. But just know that, um, you know, if you support us, that 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 was more going to be more likely to happen. Absolutely. And I just think it would be super cool. I mean, um, I love to 
to learn about people. I love people in general. Um, and I love to learn about them. And I thought, and I've, and I think that each individual has their own interesting characteristics about themselves. We wouldn't be doing this, I think, if we didn't really like that. And as Zach said, that's not going to be happening for a while, obviously. But the more people that we get listening to us and the more that you guys listen and continue to listen to us, it'll give us the... um, Incentive? That's it. Couldn't find the word. The incentive to move forward with being able to be more interactive with phone calls. So... Anyway, that's just kind of each week we're going to kind of update you where we're at because this is is uh, in progress, even though we've been thinking about it for a few years, actually starting it, we're finding that it's going to be a real gradual process and we're going to learn all along the way. So please let us know things that we can do that you'd like think would be improve, even improve our podcast. We're mm-hmm. really open-minded yeah, to that. Yeah. Because as long as constructive and and it's, it's uh, you know, uh, we can handle critique. I mean, critique ends in Q-U-E, just like polycritique or poly, <laughs> polychromatic, right? Clever, so, clever. So, you know, uh, we, we can't say that we're um, against critique, but just but realize that we are, um, uh, both me and my mom, and, and I get it definitely from her, is, uh, you know, tend towards perfectionism. And so um, just realize that uh, if you do have something, uh, you know, critical to say, we're open to it, but but to try to give a positive spin about what you do like, um, so we also have good feedback with with that, not just about the bad, and just uh, not to change the subject. But you know where LG is right now? Where is she? She's right on my lap. She just wants to be a part of it. Yeah. So for those of you that are not aware, well, it, we need to introduce you, and maybe we can post a picture on the website at some point. But LG is Lynxy Girl, L Y N X I E G I R L, Lynxy Girl. She is the most amazing cat. Not that I've had cats my whole life. She is the most loving and thoughtful and sweet and considerate cat I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. She loves to be loved and she just loves to be next to someone. And she, the moment Zach gets done eating, it's just like right then and there. The clockwork. Clockwork. She's over, like, sitting next to you, wanting to be next to you, she, because she understands that while we're eating, we have our space. Mm-hmm. She She's also, very human like that. She is, and she learns so fast. She does. I mean, we just tell her something, and she's she's amazing how quickly she, that she learns and tends to understand, like, when you say human-like, <laughs> almost on a human level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think of her as a person, really. I mean, not not to be weird, I... I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is our society usually looks at animals and, and, you know, my background, uh, you know, pre-med, you know, with my major and whatnot, um, you know, they, they always said there was a mechanistic approach. And when they gave an example of mechanistic approach, they talked about animals. Animals are like robots in, in a physiology, a, a historic physiology mind. Um, they didn't see them as like having souls or having emotions and, and all that. Of course, we know so much better than that. And I hope medicine does know much better than that, even when it comes to animal research, that animals do have feeling. It's, it's not that they don't. I think that was just kind of convenient because a lot of what we have as humans is based on animal research and animal experimentation. And, you know, if you take a Tylenol, guess what? You support animal research, whether you like to admit it or not. Ugh. I yeah. don't want to think about that. Yep. So that's the reason why if there's any animal research going on, it's got to be um, 
the best decisions are being made and nothing that puts animals in pain unnecessarily, et cetera. That's the reason why there are USDA pain categories. Those USD pain categories even apply to research. So anyways, let's hold a whole nother topic for another time, but. I thought tonight we might talk about procrastination because to be perfectly honest with you, hmm. may sound selfish, but I've been in the midst of it. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's because many times I feel overwhelmed and procrastination, as you all know, is putting something off and not doing it. And my, I, my commonly, the common voice in my head of my pro- thought process is, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, I'll say, I'll do it the, the next day. But actually reading about it a little bit um, as to why that might be, it's about the reward system in the brain. So it's an immediate reward to just say, oh, okay, tomorrow versus really taking time to do it now. And you know, Zach, what happened? What's that? I've really been working on this. So something that even making a phone call, so silly. Oh yeah, I know that one. <laughs> I know that one so well. And you know what's so painful about it? It's when you finally get around to making that phone call, you get off the phone and you think, how much better I feel to not <laughs> yeah. have it on my list anymore. And then also the other day, so I'm next week having to get an MRI done, right? Yeah. It's just a follow-up. Uh, it's not MRI, sorry, CT, a follow-up CT scan, just the incidentally they found on my liver, but whatever. Bottom line is I called to get that scheduled. And I was like, ah, oh, man, this, I need to have some time to do this. Honestly, aside from the five minutes I was waiting on the phone to talk to someone, it only took a minute, like, you know, two minutes. It was not a big deal at all. Phone calls are one of the easiest thing, people, just to let you know, you probably already know as well, but phone calls are one of the easiest things you can knock off your list, usually. If you're trying to call Comcast or certain people, maybe not, but... True. Although I will say much different than when I was growing up because we used to have live people answer the phone. Now mm-hmm. you have a recording and oh you have... Oh my God, not a chance in hell of getting where you need to be. The, the artificial intelligence, it's awful. Like, I remember when we called Comcast to get things switched around, <laughs> and I had to call four or five times, and that's and I, it's a miracle I even got through, and I truly mean that. I'm not even trying to be facetious when I say that. It's truly a miracle I finally was able to talk to someone. It literally was trying to turn off the internet and turn it back on, even though I told them I was calling for customer service for a billing matter. They were going to go ahead and turn off the internet and turn it back on because they thought we had an internet problem. We've detected an internet problem. I'm like, no, I was yelling at the phone. Oh, I remember that day. You were so frustrated. So that may be part of the reason why, in the back of my head, a phone call is not five minutes because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, how many channels do I have to go through before I can actually talk to a human being, a human being that's going to be able to help me or that I'm even going to be able to understand? And when I say that, it's sometimes hard to understand people um, that they have that's calling in. And that is not a racial type of thing mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. I'm just saying that in this day and age, we have people working all over the world and sometimes that happens. And so I think that's part of the problem for me, why even just a phone call or better yet, if it's something that I'm calling about that I really need a lot of information about, sometimes I'm told, well, no, you've got to call this number or you got to go through this channel. So, so I think that as we're speaking about that, that could be part of my problem is because many times, even though it seems logical, it'd be a five minute phone call. 
it can turn into an hour of your day. Well, and I agree. I think typically, and not always, but typically depending on the nature of the call and what you're trying to get done, it's sometimes, I'll oftentimes, if for those long phone calls, I already know what I'm getting into before I call for those kind of calls versus like a call where I just need to set up an appointment. I'm saying like, you know, for instance, if I'm calling because our internet's messed up and I'm having to call Comcast and work through that, I know that's going to be hell. Or my favorite, we can talk about real quick, what happened to us with Amazon. See, the thing is this podcast almost didn't happen. Why didn't it almost not happen? Because Amazon screwed me or us collectively out of $600. And that's a whole nother matter. So by the way, just for the record, you never, never, never hand out or purchase Amazon gift cards for yourself or for loved ones. They have the right to close down your account, lock it because they say there's quote unquote fraud. These were, these were not black market gift cards. I bought it right on my account. And because of that, they locked my account and they reverted my account before the gift cards were applied and they didn't refund the, refund the money. And so now we're out 600 bucks. So that's what would almost happen is this podcast didn't almost happen because of how upset we were. Um, we spent a lot of money on this equipment. So, um, so anyways, I just want to mention to people, do not ever, ever, ever buy Visa gift cards or Amazon gift cards. If you want to give someone a gift, write them a check, give them cash. Don't do the gift card thing. If you look in the fine print of gift card, you will find there's so much scam stuff and Amazon, all these companies, they know that they can pull it because there's nothing to refund it to. There's no card to refund to. Well, and I think the other part of that is we looked it up Mm -hmm. and you would not believe just with Amazon, how many times this has happened. And we're talking about a lot of money. Some people have been uh, screwed out of 10, $15,000 with this. And literally that night was a very trying time for us. I remember we were up till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I called them several times trying to talk to someone and they kept giving us the same answer. We can't do anything about this. We have to take it to the fraudulent department. Well, turn it around the other way because who's being fraudulent here? You actually are using legit gift cards and you are literally getting screwed out of them because they have a way of doing that. Mm -hmm. So honestly, we swallowed that and we said no. This is not going to blow our dream because this has been a big dream of ours. And we have really, due to events in our life, not had Christmases for the past three years. So we justified it that way because we wanted to do this that much. So anyway... I'm sorry to go off on the the tangent there. No, but you know what? I think this is a very important message to our listeners Mm -hmm. because honestly... So the point of the last point I just want to say is Calling Amazon trying to get help on some things, that's one of those calls. Anyways, oh, I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was just I was just gonna say, I think that it's really important because um you'll be hearing that on our podcast. If there's something that we're really aware of, mm-hmm. we are really Zach is like and you know that saying an apple doesn't far, fall too far from the tree, that's where we are here, because we both are about principle in life and justice and and fairness. And I don't know how that can be justified, but you just kind of have to let it go and not think of the money and think Mm -hmm. about the enjoyment of what we're doing. And we really had to give ourselves permission to do this because we had $600 towards us. And it was like, oh man, this is, this really sucks. But you know what? We were determined and I'm glad we did. So here we are today. 
Yep. Okay, so the topic now to revisit, we, we already talked about it. So the phone calls, right? The phone calls is an example of something we can something we can procrastinate on. Um, and you know, I don't know. There, it's very individualized. What we can I can't say that word for some reason. Procrastinate. 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 Uh, Isn't it weird how on. all of a sudden you get? I know. I've, I've never had a problem. Tongue tied. I've never seen you tongue tied. Well, maybe a few occasions, but yeah. not very often. You know, another big one that people do with procrastination that I know is exercise, mm-hmm. especially when you're starting out. Oh yeah, you know, be, and you know what they say about exercising? It's the same thing with anything in the brain. They say that um, it's the. Uh, you've heard of this before, right? It's the executive learner versus the the little so there's a little child and an adult in our brain they're basically two you know jackal and hyde <laughs> i'm just joking there's a there's two different types of people in our brain there's the 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 little kid who's basically our id mm-hmm. who wants instant gratification is going to go for what's the easiest to get done so and, now i'm being the little kid with my procrastination thank you because that really helps me yeah grow up yeah but then there's also the super ego you know that the uh, that's above the id that that understands that's able to do executive function, but it's so much more difficult. And so I think it's just by design, you know, as humans, we want the path of least resistance. So the path of least resistance is to avoid doing it. But in the long run, it saves us so much hassle because we're not carrying that baggage around all day of thinking, oh my God, I need to get around to this. I need to get around to this. You know what my list looks like right now on the topic? (laughs) I've got a lot of things I need to get done in the next month. And if I don't make a list, so let's actually talk about that. What are some good strategies? I think lists are great. Lists are great. Um, actually, the, the part of the reason why we're talking about this is because I really need to work on my procrastination, yeah. selfish as it may be, but also thinking a lot of you might be dealing with this. So yeah. some of the things like what you said, Zach, making a list, that's a great mm-hmm. one because they say not to put more than six items on a list and do it the yeah. day before Yeah. because you don't want to make it overwhelming because then for sure you're going to give up. So yeah. six items and then... As you get done with each thing, can cross it off your list. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it done that day, you just put it on the next day. So no. in other words, that night, maybe you put only five items for the next day because you have one carried over from the day before. That's true. But if you're not careful, that could become procrastination in itself. Oh, my gosh. Dropping, dropping one thing from one list to another. But no, I know what you're saying in principle. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. But, but in the extreme sense... You can have a list, but if you don't complete anything on the list, you're, you're just giving yourself an anxiety attack. Well, you know what? True. They also talk about visual cue, cues. And one suggestion that I read about is you can actually take a jar of paper clips and each time you complete something, put that in an empty jar. And pretty soon you're going to see that empty jar filling up. And the jar that you started with getting smaller and smaller, and as that jar fills up, you're going to go, whoa, I'm getting a lot done. I'm so proud of myself. You know, that one I need, I think that I really need that visual one, Zach, because I'm kind of a visual person. You know what I think I might do, though? I came up with a really good idea, just as we're talking. I think, you have you ever seen those little stones that are see-through, that are really smooth on the outside? They're actually- Are they moonstones? Yeah, I think they're called moonstones. Yeah, they're really pretty. I was thinking because I love things that are colorful, mm-hmm. that that would also be really nice. I mean, paper clips are kind of boring to me. So I'm thinking if I 
I took something colorful and had that to work with it even be really, really pretty. And then I think if I were to set those in the sun, I think it would make kind of a prism as Mm. the sun shines off of those little moonstones. Yeah, you know, um, I always as a kid thought prisms were amazing. And I think my first ever realization of a prism before I even saw a prism would have been stained glass. Mm. You know how light shines through stained glass and you get some really amazing uh, refraction patterns? Because I love antiques. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor, poor kids had to put up with that his whole yeah, life, but uh, I, I think he, I think he's adjusted. But when he was a kid, with my stained glass, he loved to look at the prisms on the on the hardwood floors because you could really see them on the hardwood floors. Yeah, and so you know, it's pretty cool to hear you talk about that because you used to love that, and here you are all growing up and saying. That was really cool. So this really helps because a lot of times I'm not sure he understood all of my antique collecting, I'm, you know, that I did. But anyway, back to the prism thing. I've always thought prisms are so cool because to me, as I was speaking about colorful things, mm-hmm. you know, to have some uh, like a crystal, I mean, I call a prism sort of like a crystal, how that can from the sun create that, that yeah. colorful, different colors there are. Yeah, And so... I know we're kind of taking this further than talking about procrastination, but that's just the way that we we roll, number one. And number two is going back to what I was saying about the moonstone rocks. Don't you love that idea? Yeah, I do. And I just wanted to hit on something. Yeah. I think on this episode, I think we're doing some procrastination. Oh my gosh. We're procrastinating on, on procrastination. We are. Zach, you caught me. Oh my God. This C... Yeah, we're we're You're, avoiding we're avoiding the subject here. Okay, so you didn't admit, and I'm sorry to make you do this What's with that? all our listeners. Yeah. Do you procrastinate? I was saying how bad I am. Are oh, you procrastinating? I do, I do. You know, one thing I will say though that I've noticed I'm a lot better about is I mean, well, first let me just say something, okay, because this is an important I thing don't to know. Say. Is it is it clean enough to be heard? It is. It oh, is. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. What I've noticed, at least for me. Okay. And I don't know how other people work. And I know I sound very entitled when I say that, but I I do think that I, and maybe it's just a part of the human condition and we all have it. And I just feel like I'm special or I feel like my mom and I are special here with this. But I think when you in your life command so much of yourself, you have such a high standard of yourself. The advantage to that is you've heard this phrase fashionably late. Okay. You've (laughs) heard... I think there's fashionably <laughs> procrastinating, okay? And when I say that, it's almost like you're doing it with some style, okay? And what do I mean by style? I mean, in other words, I might be worrying about something, but am I actually in trouble territory yet? No. I think so har- far in advance, and I worry about it for such a long you know, period of time, that by the time I do it, I'm still in the clear. Not, not always, but, 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 but quite often. So when I'm making my list, I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Like I'm thinking usually about a month to six weeks out, right? There's certain things I definitely have to get to. And what's great for me, at least, is when I procrastinate, if I hit the red zone, which is right before, I usually go into what's called quote unquote axe mode. Okay. <laughs> Wait, and what's, that's, what's your red zone for God's sake? The I red mean... zone is where I'm running out of time to do something. And it's like the last days or last hours. Oh, I work best with that. Yeah, exactly. It's a motivator. So I go into axe mode and I just start pow, 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 pow. So (laughs) if I went into procrastination mode, okay, 
I then then over over swing my pendulum into axe mode, okay, and I start axing all the stuff off my list, um, and it can be very productive in in short bursts like that. So that's usually what happens for me. Is um, like I said, I'm I'm especially sensitive to not wanting to mess up and that sort of thing. So uh, yet I comes from that place of of worry in the back of my mind. So I will say, generally speaking, when it comes to procrastinating, once I've actually gotten in the right mood or the right state to do things. And that's the worst part about procrastination is you tell yourself you have to be in the right state to get something done. And that's true with writing and some things, but it's complete BS. You can put yourself in the, in the, in the right state to get anything done just because it's just, especially if it's nothing performant on completing the taxes, uh, the task, it's not like you're having to write a book or something, but you're just trying to complete tasks like clean the kitchen. I mean, that's brainless. You don't have to write a symphony out of that or write, you know, uh, uh, you know, a proposal, you know, try to get, you know, um, you know, uh, accepted for, you know, a grant or something. So, well, God forbid, I'm right along with you with if we don't get something done, that has to be. That's when it's time to beat up myself because I had plenty of time to do it. And here I am and I deserve the consequences from it. And that just goes on and on. So, mm-hmm. The problem is, is that starting with procrastination, it can go all different places. But when you are perfectionists, and both Zach and I are perfectionistic people that really want to do the best at everything, we do realize we're not perfect. We don't think we're above others. It's Mm -hmm. just our own expectations about ourselves. We really are the hardest on ourselves when we don't. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I think that I wonder if because we are such perfectionists that in the in the case, if there's something that needs to be finished up, if the reason why we do so well with that is because we know how we're going to feel if we don't complete it, mm-hmm. because that's the best of the two because if we yeah, go, yeah yeah i think it's a cost to benefit rate you know pro versus cons type yeah, of situation yeah and, but i was gonna, just going to say back to what you were just saying a second ago um with the oh my god what was i going to say i lost it i was going to say you were talking about procrastination perfectionism procrastination we're talking about yeah shoot it left me just that quick off to think if well, i can remember I've what it was i've got something to add and hopefully you'll yeah, come back yeah, to you but fine. You know what I end up doing to myself is overwhelm. Yeah. And then I become so non-functional because I'm overwhelmed. I mean, you guys, this is just a vicious circle. Then you become overwhelmed, which makes me less functional. And then I get into this mode of like, oh, this is going to take me forever. And honestly, I really have thought about it this way. Another way to deal with procrastination or overwhelm, I think these kind of crisscross or overlap in that in this case, is to think of taking a piece of the pie because I just tend to have high expectations, which may be part of perfectionism. I think it is. Higher expectations of myself than a lot of people do. And therefore, I tend to believe that I can maybe accomplish something faster than I can making it non-realistic to what, to the perspective of whatever it is. Me, and to explain that further, to make it people understand, 
is that for the most part, if I tend to take on more than I can handle, I don't want to fail at not handling it. So that creates overwhelm. And then I get mad at myself because why did I plan so much or why did I not give myself enough time to do it? And as Zach said, I'm at the end just trying to to make it to the finish line before the date of when something's due. And it's it's kind of a constant battle. I mean, actually, when we're talking about this, I feel a little bit of anxiety about this. And, you know, Zach, I I love that we... uh, we're tending to kind of sway away from our topic here by talking about other things. But, you know, we got to keep each other right on this topic. Because if we're really going to work on this. So those are a couple things that I, the, the paper clips, which I'm going to use the little moon rocks, because I think that's kind of a cool idea. And I'm going to try the list idea. Those two I'm going to try to this week to see if I can do better. And, um, you know, now I kind of feel like I'm on the spot because we've got these listeners. And then I know each week, well, we're probably going to be doing podcasts more than each week. So that's why I stopped myself in the midst of that. We're hoping to do a couple a week. That's because we're having so much fun with it. But nonetheless, I feel like I have to report back because we usually review what the last podcast was about. Mm -hmm. So now, hey, guess what? what? I'm kind of making myself have to work on this because I'm going to have to look at this and if I'm true and honest to myself and I want to be true and honest to our audience, I think this is actually good. I'm just thinking that I kind of like I'm talking about this because I feel like... You hold yourself more accountable? Yes. The accountability is much higher. What are you thinking you might do for your procrastination? You come up with any ideas? Um, no, I, you know, what's weird is after I forgot that my brain just has kind of gone dead. I don't, I know I'm trying to think about what I was wanting to say about that, but, uh, to answer your question, um, it, it was, I think something related to what you're asking strategies to help with procrastination. Um, like I said, like I said, for me, I, I will, I will oscillate between doing nothing and then doing a ton of things, uh, going into quote unquote, what I call ax mode. Um, it's actually what my brother would call that mode is ax mode. Um, especially when it came to cleaning and that sort of thing. So it's just kind of, you know, when you reach a point where you get so sick of it that you do it, or you reach a point where, um, you know, uh, you're not just sick of it, but you're, you're reaching that deadline where you really have to get it done. Um, but for me, it's uh, usually I feel so much better once I get something knocked off the list, just because I don't have to think about it anymore. And it can kind of haunt my memories, haunt my dreams, and haunt my thoughts if I'm not careful, depending on what it is. You know, like, I, I, the biggest thing I, I can remember is, um, you know, when I was in school, and I'd have, like, a paper due or, or something like that, you know. And in the lead-up, you know, you keep running out of time. You know, you got other things you're working on for classes, and you got multiple bosses. You were basically, you know, um, and it, it starts to feel kind of crazy. But one thing I will say is when I do complete work or when I do complete tasks, um, fortunately, I'm one of those human beings that gets a good natural, natural dopamine rush, you know, from um, completing uh, things and doing good work. And I remember what I was going to say. Yay! I, I love it. I love it. I knew it'd come back. I, I was just going to say to you, you were talking about us, and I can't remember the exact detail, but I was just going to say, oh, I know what it was. It's about entitlement. 
is even though we're perfectionists, uh, perfectionists, it's, we don't put ourselves up, up against other people, you know, and even though this sometimes happens to us where we have, you know, co-workers co-work, or something or people that say, oh, you're just trying to make me look bad or they get jealous and they're trying to compete with this. What they fail to understand, okay, what they fail to understand is it's none of that. It's all entrained in passion. You know, when you're passionate about something, it's more than just a job. It's more than, you know, and that's how it was for me, you know, um, with any of my jobs. You know, uh, I, I usually get along really well with people. But so anyways, I just wanted to add that real quick before I forgot. Um, but on the topic, you know, um, I find the thing that makes uh, procrastination less difficult and what makes it easier to get things done is like you're saying, is to take a piece of the pie, to take a smaller bit of it and to get it done and to set, you know, people don't like this because they're like, oh God, it's adding stress to stress to it. But set goals. And when I say set goals, you can set loose or very tight goals, but make the goals realistic. Don't say, I'm going to get 10 things crossed off my list today because life comes up. You have a job, you've got other commitments, but if you can commit to say, I'm going to get something done one one thing done in the next one or two days or one to three days, that's very doable. You know, it's just about getting out of your head about how unpleasant it's going to be to get it done. And sometimes you'll actually be surprised it's actually not that big of a deal. The other last bit of what happens with procrastination is get rid of the distractions. Distractions are a big part of why we can't get things done more than anything. If you have a television, if you have a computer, et cetera, sometimes it involves changing your environment to get it done. Oh, that would totally make sense. And also, you know, when we talk about the reward part of our portion of our brain, the immediate reward with putting something off, we'll mm-hmm. think of something we'd rather do. You know, like instead I'll say, oh, I could do that tomorrow, but hey, I think I'm going to go out and see my horse. Well, yeah. what would I rather do? Would I rather make a phone call to pay a bill or I'd rather go see my horse? I think it's pretty clear which of the two I would prefer. The other thing, Zach, I just want to touch upon because I may forget. What you talked about, I think, is really important, too, because, you know, we don't know each day what's going to happen. So when we make that list of what we're going to do the next day, we have to be patient. We have to be realistic. That's a big word for me, realistic, and give ourselves some grace mm-hmm. because something could happen at work that we don't even expect. We might have to put in a longer day. Mm-hmm. We may have to. And, you know, when that, you just kind of have to go with the flow, so to speak, because sometimes those things happen. And so instead of taking the guilt or blaming oneself because they didn't accomplish mm-hmm. what they had planned on, I think it's, I think that's really, really true uh, and a very good point that there's things that we have no control of around us that are going to get, we may get involved in that we didn't count on. Well, and you know, sometimes it's ourselves that get in the way of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't even realize. Um, I did want to say, I don't want to interrupt. Am I good to say something? Oh, I was done. Okay. Um, I was going to say the other thing you have to ask yourself and don't, ask yourself this in a way to truly make yourself feel guilty, okay? It depends if you're one of the kind of people that actually genuinely feels good when you're productive. But you have to ask yourself sometimes, what is the cost versus the benefit of being productive versus not being productive versus watching the movie, you know, playing the game, surfing Facebook, etc.? 
I'm not saying I've not spent an entire book on the entire book, entire day um, reading a book or entire day reading Facebook or something like that. Um, but generally speaking, the times I've been happiest in my life is when there's been a basal level of stress, you know, say with my job. But the trade-off is at the end of the day, I felt so productive. I felt like I got so much done. I was felt so accomplished and so proud of myself. And that's the other part is some people have a difficulty being proud of them, in themselves. And part of that, I think, comes down to their attitude about work and the way they see it. For me, a job is not just a job. When I apply myself to a place, it's a passion. And I try to learn as much as I can about it. Um, and so I think that's part of it is it depends on how you apply yourself, right? If you apply yourself just hating every single moment of it and not putting your your um not putting your drive into it, then you're you're not gonna get any pleasure out of it. And maybe you all the more wanna hate it, you know, and all the more more and I'm not I realize not every single task is gonna be everyone's um, you know, uh favorite thing to do. Um anyways, I did wanna say we can transition to overwhelm if you're ready. Absolutely. I just had one more thing yeah. that I wanted to say um, is that when, when you mentioned earlier about getting, when you, when you are on fire, what do you call that? You're, you're oh, uh, axe yeah. mode. Axe mode. When you're in axe mode, mm -hmm. I've seen you and man, it's incredible. It's, it's actually when I, sometimes I achieve a flow state with it too. You yeah. know, it's just. So what I was going to mention in connection with that, Sometimes I think if a person just starts doing something like oh, if yes. I wanted to go mm -hmm. ahead and maybe start uh, cleaning my room up mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm taking 10 minutes to do this. I'll tell you what, once I get started, it, it doesn't even seem that painful. Yeah. And you know what? You're totally right. It's like that working out. The first 15 minutes are hell and you're asking yourself, why am I doing it? I'd rather be doing this. I hate this. Why am I torturing myself? But once you get past that 15 minutes, it's not that big of a deal. No, really true. So, you know, that I think in itself is a really good idea too, is to just say, okay, I'll do this for 10 minutes. What's 10, you know, 10 minutes is no time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 10 minutes, especially I'm comparing it to if I get on my computer and get on the internet, come on, I can be on there two hours and think only 10 minutes has passed. And you can use strategies to make what you're doing more tolerable. Yes. In other words, Oh boy, we're on the same. I don't know. We have a real brain connect right well, now. Well, of course, we complete each other's sentences all the time. Absolutely. We're basically the same person. Yeah, I, uh, they, they, I think they've already probably figured that one out. But what I was going to say is that, hey, how about when you're cleaning, you turn on some music? Exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Or you're at work if your job permits you to. Like for me, when I would work in the lab, I'd pop on those headphones. And I'd be processing DNA samples and doing gel electrophoresis and taking images of gels and putting the um, results in a database and be able to use my hands too. There was something about using my hands, not just my brain, but using a combination of me using my hands and using my brain, you know, critical thinking while, while using my hands and just the nice balance of the two. Mm -hmm. Nice balance of also being physically active with also a lot of time, you know, I'd say probably about 40% of the time, 40 to 50% of the time sitting and 40, 50% of the time um, standing and moving around. That's another thing too, not to get off subject, but I find that it's so much easier to think and I don't know, converse, et cetera. Like if I'm trying to think hard or whatever, when I'm up and moving around and the blood is flowing to my brain. Oh, for sure. And you know what? There's something too at the end when we complete something it's that sense of productivity or the sense that you 
have been productive. I think it's a sense of release, a sense of relief, and a sense of, I mean, you can laugh if you want, because it depends on what the list is, but a sense of pride. You're productive and you got something done. You're not completely useless, right? Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. So, you know, you wanted to go into overwhelm and, you know, I... I have the perfect bridge for it whenever you... You just go for it then. Okay. So I was asking my mom if she knew what I was talking about with this. And of course she she does because I know her and I are very alike. What it comes down to is in the deepest form, what happens is you go from being... Uh, procrastinating on things, um, partially out of anxiety, right? Well, sometimes it's from anxiety because you just mm-hmm. want to avoid the anxiety of feeling a way in order to do something because you're wanting to put off, you're trying to avoid something. So there's some anxiety and that anxiety does t- lead, tend to lead to overwhelm. But there's this other thing that happens. This other thing that happens is sometimes it can distort our sense of reality. So well, the example I was going to say is when I was a student, a poor, poor student, it's you, Boulder, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And even when I went to Front Range Community College, I did not work when I was at school. In school, I did the, the, the student loans and grant route. And so what I would do is I would say, say my car broke down, okay? It broke. And I don't know why it's not starting up. I don't know anything about what's wrong. You know what my brain immediately classifies the situation as? Car doesn't work Car's broken. Car will always be broken. There's no way to fix car. If that's this, in my mind, that is the deepest sense of overwhelm. Because do you realize I didn't even spend the effort to take it to a mechanic to find out what's wrong? In my mind, I already have the cars totaled. And furthermore, I don't have it in my mind, not just because I don't have the money, but I don't even sense that paying someone money to put into the car would fix it. You know, that's like a distortion. I do exactly the same thing. We get distorted into thinking the worst. Yes, exactly. So like if something's really dirty, it's broken. Even though if you were to clean it, it's brand new. I wonder if our perfectionism has something to do with that. I think so. Because we don't like when things are bad. You know, I think, no, we don't like when things are bad. And I think when we can, when we think about making things perfect, think about Mm -hmm. this. It's harder for us because we strive to the highest degree possible rather than just accepting that it's okay at a lower level. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I work on perfectionism every single day and that perfectionism leads a lot to my overwhelm because like at work, okay, it's... It's a nonstop day from the day that I get there with meeting with clients and my case management work and everything. And I have in my mind at the beginning of the day, in addition to the basic job I do and things maybe that I need to take care of for that day, I'll maybe have some other, I may have additional few things that I've said, oh, and I'd like to finish this today. You know, like Mm -hmm. when I talked earlier about not being really realistic about my time because I think, oh, yeah. Uh, you know that perfectionism. Yeah, oh, and you actually over and actually end up overcommitting, which causes its own set oh. of uh, of, of stra- uh, stress. It's it. You know what? You're not as productive because I'm so darn overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I can I cannot be as. Yeah. So you know what? I'm gradually learning, and it's hard because I still have to give myself permission for this. Guess what? If I don't finish everything I plan on doing that day, 
It's okay. Exactly. You're going to come in the next day. It's still going to be there. And you know what? With my job in lab, when I became a lab manager and I started doing all that work full-time from part-time, I did the same thing. I realized I couldn't get all these samples processed in a day. I wanted to (laughs) because it was stressful to think I had things sitting in the oven, the incubator, and I had to come back tomorrow and work (laughs) on them. But you have to kind of let things go. And I was just going to say that phenomenon or that phenomena, I guess it's phenomenon, I would call it. Um, it's, it's an all or nothing mentality, right? Oh, I love it for sure. It's in an other all or words, nothing. It's like it, I can either be this or it's there's nothing. I love that because, Throw you know, I think that is right to the point. In other words, even if I work really hard all day because I didn't finish everything, well, you know what? I didn't do a good job because I won't take into consideration how much stuff I've done. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the stuff I didn't do. Yeah, exactly. And, and as humans, we do have a preoccupation uh, with focusing on the negative rather than the positive. We will pay attention to that one negative thing and, uh. and, and let the, you know, the 10 positive things we heard uh, roll off of our shoulders. And I was also going to say, in addition to perfectionism, also, um, I, you would know all about this, so I'll let you go off on, your, on, a, on a tangent about this. I think people that are highly sensitive are, tend to be even more impacted by the overwhelm of life and the overwhelm of activities and, um, you know, in the midst of, of um, multitasking and all that, because there's so much more, there's so many more neurons essentially wired from the outside into the inside that just tend to feel a lot more of that. Don't even get me started. This is a topic that literally when I found out in a research study that I did when I was in college that I'm a highly sensitive person, it, I realized there was something that identified me for who I am. And I'm asking Zach if we can do one podcast about it because honestly, it's fascinating. I know for my patients and clients in the past, it has made a world of difference. And honestly, for mental health and chemical dependency, people... Most of them are highly sensitive people. And I i mean, I really would like to focus a full podcast on this because I think there are many of you, especially if you really like... What do you mean by you? Many of our listeners. Oh, okay. Many of our listeners that if you relate and like to listen to Zach and I with our podcast, you're probably quite similar to us because we are kind of eclectic and different. And we kind of speak a different language because there is supposed to be 15 to 20% of the population that are highly sensitive people. I can only tell you that in my work, people that have really discovered this about themselves, it's really helped them understand themselves so much better than they ever did because highly sensitive people have a hard time relating to other people. And it's because we process things much differently. We have like five filters in our brain and we go tend to go into things when we talk about them in depth. And you can see Zach and I with our podcast, we bring every angle of almost everything into the subject matter we can because that's where our brain goes. And we're not like reading material off anything. It's just our brain will say, oh yeah, I can connect this to that and this, that. That is typical of highly sensitive people. So I'm hoping in the next future weeks that, um, man, I could take this one for two hours because I'm so passionate about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, you really introduced that topic very well because I'm telling you, Zach, it's 
it changed my own life to have a better understanding of who I was and that highly sens- being a highly sensitive person is actually a gift. It's, it's a beautiful gift. And um, I, it totally explains who I am and I have a better understanding of why I think a certain way, why I do things the way I do, and the type of people I relate to the best. So anyway, I think our listeners may want to learn about that, especially if they enjoy listening to us. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if I can ask you to commit right now, but I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to ask you to commit that to me right now while we're listeners are listening to us so that we can do it. Oh, do what now? I'm sorry. I didn't understand the Do commitment. a podcast about highly sensitive people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you cool about that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Hey, listen, he's just like, I don't know what the, but anyway. No, he, he means it. Um, it's just that uh, we I tend- think we should do one on emotional intelligence too, even though that's kind of less of a thing. I think people are more aware of what emotional intelligence is. But emotional intelligence, 20 years ago, you wouldn't, people wouldn't know what no, that was. But that goes along along with it in a way yeah because you know what it is it's, it's in part uh, a form of self-regulation you know understanding and knowing about it is in part you know the the in other words you can take a weakness and turn it into a strength potentially because even though it's a gift and it's a double-edged sword of a gift mm-hmm. if you know how to leverage it the right way you it's actually it's what could be said about a lot of um we don't call them disabilities i guess we'd rather call them abilities that people have you know, we're even changing that up. We're not seeing a person with a disability has got a disability. They've got different ability or they've got, you know, other ability. Oh, I totally agree. Like last, our first podcast, I was talking about how I don't like labels and I don't like... Oh, me either. That's the reason why I love the church we go to. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. No labels. It's it's all about no labels. Sometime we'll, we'll uh, tell you what they say begin, before the sermon begins. It's pretty amazing, but it's actually the way I feel. And um, labeling to me is judgmental. And, is. you know, I'd rather... It's harmful. If, very harmful. If I can't relate to someone, that's... It's totally okay. I'm just different than that other person. That doesn't mean the other person's a bad person. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm a bad person. Instead, we are all just different people. In a way, there's beauty to that because it'd be very boring in this world if we're all the same. Because well, Yeah. Right? I was going to say, look at the bully situation. Ugh. Why are bullies so mean? You know what? They're often the ones projecting their insecurities and onto the people that they, that they torture. And... What's funny is it's a huge statement about the bully, right? People can be happy running around as kids, but they, all it takes is a bully to take them off to the side and make fun of them or to beat the crap out of them or whatever. And what's funny is those bullies, if they're forced to take uh, their own medicine, they can't stand it. You know what? They do it because, like you said, they feel very insecure. Mm-hmm. And actually the people that they're, they're bullying... There may even be a form of jealousy, yeah. but they're projecting their own insufficient feelings about themselves onto others. Yep. And I didn't even mention this to you. This is kind of just like, I'm going to just bring it up briefly. I was really sad this morning. I don't listen to the news, you guys, because it just... It's pointless. It, you know what? There is so much negativity if you let... The media control your window into the world. And I realize that's a window, window of the world for a lot of people. They rely on it. It's, it's, it's harmful. 
it's your it'll frame the rest of your day as negative, the rest of your week is negative, and all they talk about is negative shit. Well, and the problem is I really feel this stuff because highly sensitive people mm-hmm. feel other people and we feel I'm, the weight of the world. It's like Atlas. You feel the weight of the world on your shoulders in addition to your own weight of your own stuff in your own life. I mean, I don't have the, all the facts before me, but it doesn't really need to be where it was or anything like that. It's just but this did happen on February third. Um, this 14-year-old girl was attacked by students at the school and beat up. And I guess they tried to seek help outside by going to the police and to the school. And no one really stepped in, according to what I was reading. And the father's livid because his daughter died of suicide. I believe it was on the, maybe it was on the third that she died of suicide. But anyway, just recently. That's like the ultimate form of overwhelm right there. Oh my God. I'm like... When I read that this morning, and I just came across it, like I'm looking for a bear of boots to ride, to to you to use when I ride my horse. My boots are no good anymore. The ones I have, I mean, the zippers don't zip on them. I'm very frustrated. That's another subject. But I happened to see that it caught my eye, and of course, when it caught my eye, I'm going, "Oh my God, this sounds terrible." So then. I'm somewhat not intrigued, isn't the word, but I want more information because that's just kind of the way my mind is. And then when I read about it, it just was heartbreaking because she's a beautiful, beautiful young woman mm-hmm. who didn't deserve this. And it's it's sheer horror these days because all the social media that's out there, what people will do, I think they posted someone some kid actually videoed the attack in the school, and then they posted it, so it went everywhere. So this girl's feeling like, oh, my God, everyone's watched me get beat up. I mean, it's not just the kids in the school. It's all over the world. It's like I'm going, how does a 14-year-old handle that? And then when she tells her parents and they're reaching out for help and nobody does anything, I'm thinking, I'm becoming very angry inside. Like Mm -hmm. I could just feel my own anger building up and my own sadness for that family because... How unfair is this? Well, and not to get off on another subject, because I could talk on a whole other episode about the state of the world and how things have changed so much. Um, but, you know, what's sad is I think as a millennial uh, generation, is it Generation X? or ge- Sorry, Generation Z? I can't remember. I'm a millennial, though. You know? Uh, what chromosome are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm an XY chromosome. I think last I checked. Okay, good. Um, Since you're talking about X and Y, I just thought I'd throw that one in. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. The, the, you know, these are all marketing terms, by the way. There's nothing really scientific, um, uh, you know, but but I was born in the mid-80s. So. I'm a baby boomer. Yep. Well, that's a big deal. I grew up in a really cool time. Anyway, you go ahead because I don't want to interrupt you. I'm working on that. Okay. Um, so anyways, um, what I was going to say is... Uh, mm, you're talking about your what you're considered your age as, and then you were going to go into it. I think I was just going to say that I feel really bad for kids nowadays, because that's like the last generation that in my younger childhood did not know what the internet was, mm-hmm. even if the internet was around. Mm-hmm. I was also the last generation that realized I do not need validation, and I was very depressed in high school. I do not need validation from other people on social media, you know, or my peers, but especially on social media to 
know that I'm wanted or loved or desired or uh, to find myself because in the coming whole coming of age story for so many kids and, and and we all have to go through it. Sorry about that. Um, it's it's a story of a rite of passage, and that rite of passage is about um, realizing who you are, finding your own self-worth, not looking for that self-worth in an external spot. And unfortunately, with uh, the kids of today, uh, they do that. And the problem is if bullying and other things are involved. So, you know, if you want to talk about overwhelm, I think kids in today's world are so overwhelmed. They even had to deal with the pandemic. This could be its own episode about oh my the God, state of the world. It's but, like, yeah. but anyways, let's really hit head-on overwhelm because we've been really skirting at overwhelm since we've switched over to the topic of overwhelm. What is overwhelm? Why don't you, can you look up the definition while I sim a little bit? I sure can. But As a matter of fact, to me, overwhelm is when there's a mismatch between... Um, there's a mismatch between what we think we can handle and what's actually happening. Well, you know what? I got the definition here. Yeah, what is it? Ugh. All right. Past tenses um, and, and past, past participle. Pa- past participle? Participle, sorry. It means bury or drown beneath a huge mass. And that's exactly... Wow. Isn't that amazing how it's an analogy? It's It's... Ugh. Or defeat completely. Yeah. Give too much of a thing to someone. Inundate. So basically... In, in, oh, inundate them, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So basically <clears throat> what it's about... Become inundated. Yes. And, oh my God, that first one, bury or drown beneath a huge mass. That one is... Ju- I think that's a great description. That's because- a great pictorial Mm-hmm. Um, way of really getting across, and the words they use really, really put the picture in my mind. Well, you get this visual, don't you? Because mm-hmm. I think about when I feel especially if you're over- claustrophobic. Oh my god! <clears throat> what I feel like when I'm overwhelmed is that I cannot even function because I almost <laughs> feel paralyzed in its own way, like a paralysis going on where. Yeah. I'm going to need so much energy to be able to accomplish anything because maybe I don't know where to start. So, hey, that's where the list may come in when I was talking about procrastination, maybe making a list. But Mm -hmm. overwhelm is almost like you. I love this, too. They say the water. It takes you over. Yeah. The water water flowed through to overwhelm the whole dam. And the village beneath. I before you even mention the dam, I picture someone water in like a boat that's filling up with water. Oh yeah, that's like overwhelm. And I know when I was in high school, I dealt with depression. I definitely know in this deepest sense of what overwhelm is. Overwhelm is, I think, its own form of depression. I mean, in the in the most extreme cases, because you are having to come up against something for which you question if you'll be able to swim. You question if you'll be able to make it through it. And so the reason why I gave the example I did with a car is it may even lead you down to, into believing uh, things that are, 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 are uh, you know, uh, patently uh, false, something that's, that's not even true, you know, is because a car is broken down, does it mean that it's not going to be able to be fixed? 
if something's broken, does it mean it's permanently broken? You know, these are these are our uh, beliefs that we come up with ourselves, and if we're not careful, we don't really realize, um, you know, what we're looking at with that. So true. And again, you know, I mentioned the word distortions. Yeah. It's cognitive distortions that people have. I think most every every living human being has them. Yeah. But how far it goes, like there's some people that can just go quite simply, oh, I got to get my car into the shop. But then again, we break everything down. I tell you, we're highly sensitive people that are really detailed. And this is another good example. When I think about a car breaking down, I'm thinking, oh my God, how am I going to get to work? And yeah. like you said, it's never going to get fixed. And then besides that, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. And I was also going to say with the overwhelm, it's also about a sense of losing control. Mm. That's the biggest thing for me. I do not like to be out of control, even though I cognitively understand. We, none of us have control, really, truly. You know, what's funny is we don't have control over our lives, really. It's all, a lot of it's based on luck. Yeah. You know what? I do get the fact that I do not have control. And I can mm -hmm. say that. And I know that in my gut. But there's something about wanting to hang on to that aspect of feeling like you have control that makes you feel secure. But it's just another distortion there because you know what? We yeah. don't. The only thing we really have control over is our behavior, the way we treat people, our yes. own. Our responses to stress, stressful situations. We may have control over a situation, but we do have control over the way we react to those situations. You got it. Right on. But we can't help many things that happen. No, we and can't. It's, Sometimes it's life. And it we is. are the people that we, you, we may eventually tell you over the course of our podcast selectively, but my mom and I, we know firsthand what loss is. We know what overwhelm and procrastination and all of these kinds of things are because we've lived them. Not, in, not because we lost a job not because we didn't get our way about something, but because of things completely out of our hands. We've experienced death, we've experienced disease, we've experienced all of it. Yeah, we have. And a lot of grief. A lot of grief. Actually, a lot, a lot of grief in the past couple of years, especially. A lot of trauma, a lot of things that some listeners may be able to relate to some of it, but it's pretty extreme. And when I mm -hmm. say that, please understand one thing. Zach and I are survivors. We're not victims. We never feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah. We just... We hardly ever talk about it, really. No. Well, you know, it's true. We don't. And that's why when Zach said, well, if we ever do. But I think as we get, you get to know us. And we have those listeners that follow us. I think that we'll probably want to become more personal about this. Because, you know, I think that... In many ways, if we were to do that, it would, there would be a deeper connection uh, for some of you that have maybe experienced similar things, not exactly the same story, but similar grief or similar events in your life. And um, basically, they change you forever. And is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But I will say this is that no matter how much it hurts, no matter 
how much you bargain in your mind that you wish it was different. Life is what it is. And many times there's nothing what we nothing we can do to change it. It just is. And that's one of the things I tell myself. This is what it is. It just is. Because there's nothing I could have ever done to change the outcome of things that happen. So when we talk about procrastination and overwhelm, like Zach was mentioning, I'm just reaffirming this. There's a real reason why we're doing this because, and I understand why Zach and I probably do this in generally, in general, even more than other people, because when you're not functioning well, you just have only so much energy to do so much. So, you know, Zach, the overwhelm and procrastination factor has been really big. And I, like you said, you know, particularly after the past couple of years, extremely so because um, of certain events. But I just, you know, the thing I love about you and I, and I do mean this, we don't give up. We're determined. We want to be the best we can. We want to make our own difference in this world by trying to do the best we can, by being kind to others, by not putting us up on a pedestal. I'm being very genuine about this, about taking the hard times we've had and turning it into making ourselves better. Because when you go through these times, you change and you have to reinvent who you are because grief changes people, especially with a loss of a loved one. You're no longer that person because you've lost a part of yourself when that person left. And there's so. also a part of them that still lives inside your heart and mm-hmm. your mind. Absolutely. And I was going to say, um, I watched this documentary on mushrooms. And by the way, mushrooms are amazing. The fact that um, these mushrooms are connected in the root structure mm-hmm. to all these trees. It's like this, I think they say it's one of the largest living land organism masses on the planet. Um, I can't remember where it was, but one of these forests um, has this intricate you know, um, mushroom, uh, structure, you know, uh, underneath it. I, I can't remember what is off the top of my head, but anyways, the reason why I mentioned this is in this documentary, this guy, um, goes from working in, uh, it information technology, and he goes through a life altering situation with his health. And I love what he said. Um, he said it really well. He said, I had to reinvent myself. Hmm. And I love how he said that because, you know, it really spoke to me as a person because I, I did the same thing. My mom did the same thing after all these things happened to us. Um, and with that reinvention also comes a word um, that I don't use often, all that often, but I try to use it more now that I've been thinking about it for the past couple of years. It's called transformation. The thing is this. We live on this planet, right? And it's seemingly absurd and chaotic, and just everything seems like it's, you know, if you look at the full degree of everything moving around on the planet, everything that's happening seems almost like pure, utter chaos. But at the end of the day, how we re- respond to things, how we respond to those challenges, the fact that we choose over death, life, and transformation, and we l- allow things to change us, not, not to change us our hearts in a deep, bad way, but to be willing to understand life is not going to be the same and to take on a different form. They say on average, people, you know, change their circumstances, change, they change as people overall 
once every seven years. I truly believe in that because every seven years I'm finding myself in a completely different uh, circumstance, whether it's job, whether it's health, whether we whatever, you know, living situation, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, I was just going to say that um, uh, for me, that transformation is uh, and choosing, deciding that's, that's what you're actually wanting to do um, rather than to give up. Um, it's a, it, on paper, it, it reads well, like for, you know, purpose of being um, optimistic and for the purpose of uh, being um, um, inspirational. But even though it reads that way, sometimes people, I think, read that and they think, oh, someone's just trying to like make themselves look really, really good. But they have not walked that themselves to even understand what that's like. They could just really be meaning from the heart that it was transformative. Not that they, they wear it like a badge. They might not even talk about that much, you know? Well, to be honest with you, Zach, you are my inspiration. Oh. And you're my hero. I'm going to say that. You have taught me so much about life and in this world, and I'm so lucky to have you considering things you've gone through. And mm-hmm. I'm eternally grateful to God for that because um, not having you in my life, I cannot imagine not having this time with you. It's the most precious, precious time with you and me right now, because yeah. um, after I moved back to, from California a little over a year ago, and we were apart for almost 13 years, and to be able to be back together with you is just, you're such a delight. Uh, well, and I'm so super proud of the young man you've grown into, and your courage and your bravery that I've watched you go through in your life is a true inspiration to me. And I can only look up and say you are my hero because you teach me a lot about life and um, great teacher. Well, thank you so much um, for all that. I really, really means a lot that um, coming from you because I feel very much the same way about you. I feel, first off, you said to me something that I felt very way out in left field to me, you know, but I understand now. And I think I understood back then, but especially understand now is you said to me, um, I think this was a good maybe four or five years ago. <laughs> I would want to say a couple of years ago, but the past three years have to be tacked on because nothing's we've been stuck in stasis for that long um, since the pandemic and some of the things that have happened after the pandemic here. Um, we've both been dealing with together, but either here or there, I was just going to say, when you said to me, you're godlike. And I was thinking, wow, that sounds a little blasphemous, but but I really understood what you're saying. You were just trying to say to me, God, you know, you handle so much of your adversity with so much grace. You never complain. And on top of it all, you still are here with me and you still fight. And you, and you, you know, and I think what you're trying to say is, you know how much I'm giving of myself, but you know where I got a lot of that from, right? I got it from you. And what I have to say about you is, you are a beautiful, beautiful soul, beautiful heart. And it, it's both beautiful as it is painful because I, unfortunately, I know at some point um, I'm going to have to know, learn how to live what it's like without you. And um, for me, I look, and not to go into detail, but when you tell me the stories of your childhood and all of these messed up things that have happened to you in your life, and even continue to happen to you now, you know, it makes me sad. But more than anything is, I think of you as this wonderful, rare flower, you know, and you 
um, have such a good heart. I've never had you, even when we've gotten in bad conversations where I've even been trying to cut it off with you, you've always said, you've always, always brought soul and heart to what you do in a way that you're the most dedicated mother, most loving, unconditionally loving mother, most um, amazing human being. And it's sad that your family never truly got to know you because if they did, they would be crying every single day without you. Aww. You know, they would be crying every single day. And it's their loss, but, um, and I don't know how many people really get to know you like I know you. Um, because, like I said, I am so lucky. I feel so lucky to um, be related to you, to, you know, be part of you, to, to you know, take in some of your blood and, 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 and uh, you know, um, to become you know, uh, into existence to, to have come from you, you know, um, it's, uh, it's truly a gift. And, uh, the other thing that makes, puts a smile on my face is what we were talking about earlier about how, um, you and I, even 12, 13 years, 1500 miles away from one another, we do the same shit over and over without even communicating I think there was one week that we both got our tires on our cars replaced. <laughs> we didn't even know. That and we didn't even know. <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff that happens or we'll get an idea in our mind. Like even before you mentioned it about the music, we were already right mentally on the same way, mental wavelength. And so I just want to say it's from the bottom of my heart, such a pleasure to be your son. I feel so lucky to have you. Um, you're, you're such a mom. And um, I thankfully had a great childhood. Unfortunately, out of my childhood, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened. You know, we lost some family members. I got sick. Hell, I'm still sick right now. But uh, hopefully we'll come out of this the other side and and things will be better. I, I do feel like things will be better. But has it been life-altering? Yes. And it makes me truly sad that you've worked so... Pardon my French, because it's going to be another explicit episode just because there's reason. You've worked so fucking hard your entire life against against the water. And the greatest respect I have for you is I don't know what it's like to be a parent, okay? But I know that you've been alongside me through this entire thing. And I try really, really hard from the bottom of my heart to be there for you, um, you know, especially when it comes to my, my short-term slash long-term disability, because I don't want you to be stressed out any more than you are. And I know that if things came down to it, we would find a way to make things work if I couldn't work for another X amount of period of time, but I couldn't be covered with it. But I have the greatest respect for you that you're a parent. You're one of the best moms I personally know. And um, you've never given up. You've always been there for me. And it doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't. It's not like when I was 18, uh, you and dad were like, Get the F out. Here's a 500 bucks. Get out. We don't want to see you again. Um, you've always, always um, been a proud mother and you've always put 150% of all your being into parenting and being there for me more than any other thing that you could ever spend time on. So I just wanted to say well done because the art piece that you've been working on for all these years, you get a look at it. Wow. Woo, that kind of took my... Is that a doozy? 
that's a doozy. It takes my, I, I'm kind of left without the right words because of the emotions I feel inside. But I can say that. Are they a good overwhelm? It was what the words were very beautiful, and I take them to my heart because I know when you say something, it's honest and it's real. And, you know, you are so precious to me, and no matter what, I'll always be there for you. It's my pleasure to be there for you. Um, as a parent, I think the best thing in the world is your children, and I know many of you probably feel exactly that same way. There couldn't be a greater gift, but especially uh, with Zach here, through the very, very hardest of times, you know, it's even more so that way of, um, and that's, I think, uh, where part of our closeness comes from is that we have walked a journey together that a lot of people may understand, a lot of people may not understand, but Regardless of the understanding of it, um, we both know what that is. And to the treasurer, the, I guess the biggest gift out of that is the deep relationship I have with you and the deep understanding and the deep respect and the never-ending love that comes your way towards me and unconditional love that is really a beautiful thing that... I'm not sure a lot of people understand, and I'm grateful in many ways that I've experienced, not maybe I've experienced loss the way I have or experienced some things that have been really hard. I can't really go as far as to say that, but what I can say about it is that as a result of that, I absolutely love you to the end of this earth and um, eternally grateful for what I have with you. Oh, likewise. I can't imagine life without you. And, you know, it's been both of our optimism and sometimes cynic optimism. We've said it before, not that there's any plans, but as a general philosophy, you know, I think a lot of people, given what we've been through in the period of time we've been through with it, what, 15, 17 years? Yeah, about 17, 18 years. That's 17, 18 years. You know, uh, roughly half my life has been spent in complete hell. You know, and I say complete hell, not complete hell, because obviously you're here. It'd be complete hell without you. But, but that's the thing is, I feel so grateful to God that I have you. I have a faith in God. I can imagine going through life without some believing in something, because um, otherwise, I think everything I've experienced thus far would be too painful. But one thing I can say for sure is, it is the biggest gift in my life that I still have you, and <laughs> I don't want to take it for granted. And I love that we're even doing these podcasts. So, if in the event someday. I don't have you anymore. And I know you'll be in my heart. You'll be out there, but where I can't talk with you and, you know, um, you know, I, given how similar we are, I know you'll always be right here in my heart and right here in my mind, but also we're, this is great. We're, 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 we are archiving our conversations for later. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of, you know, and yeah. also you guys get in, enjoy them too. Yeah. And you know what? That's just the way these podcasts are going <laughs> to be. They're very honest. Because... I think we got through our subject matter very well, but well, you we, we're hear, not completely through it. But. All right. But I just want to say that this emotional part is a part of Zach and I, and it's very real. And it's, it's just going to happen because when things come up, we just talk about them and it just kind of happens. So, 
Um, Some episodes will be really on point and we'll be burning with it, with our topic and we won't deviate from it. But there are going to be other ones where things are going to be just a little more loosey-goosey. I think um, our first episode went really well. This one go well? I think so. I think it's so maybe a little bit rougher because we're kind of breaking in and out on topic. But that's okay. It's not going to always be this way. I don't think we've done an awful job. But I do want to get us back to the topic so we can round this out. Well, I just, can I please say one thing? Mm-hmm. I think the only reason why we we kind of got into the more of the nitty gritty background, which we haven't gone to a lot of depth about. But nonetheless, we, we sort of swayed this way. I think it's to explain we understand what overwhelm is. And, is and when we got into overwhelm, I'm just going to read this one more time, the definition, because... Um, when I read this definition... They're it, on your neck, Mom. Oh, thank you. I have misplaced my glasses and couldn't find them. Okay, to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. And I think that triggered within me... Oh, yeah, the feelings. The feelings. And put, put, so... Put us right there. Really, I don't believe we went off topic. Probably not. I think we went into no more depth. Yeah. And uh, I love how you put that. I think that's very honest. I because we didn't just start talking about. Yeah, we this. didn't. We didn't cheat our way out of the com- out of the discussion we were going to have tonight. It's just. No, I think we're talking about. I think we went into a little bit more detail. Probably so deep, might have lost some of you. True, but we were still on the topic yeah. of overwhelm because. I remember you were saying, "Hey, you know." My mom and I really understand overwhelm. And then we started talking about, and then we got into the whole thing about the emotional aspect of what we mean to each other, which I hope people can take that as a beautiful thing. And as a mother, I hope you can hug your kids and appreciate them. Yeah, don't take that stuff for granted because it can always be taken away and you may never get it back is the ultimate thing. And um, try to not get upset about the small things in life because you'll later be upset that people get small, upset about the small things when people are fighting for their lives with disease and stuff. You'll realize that all that stuff doesn't matter. Um, it's okay if I kind of kick us off the next part. Yeah. So, you know, we're just, we're kind of just, as we go along, we'll do this. We'll talk about why maybe we went one place just because we're so, yeah. <laughs> we're so detailed. So, and that's why I want to do the highly sensitive, just one last thing. I really want to do that podcast because I think people will under, have better understanding of us, or hopefully many of you will relate to us, which is even more awesome. Go ahead, sweetie. All right. So to recap, episode two, we discussed procrastination and how procrastination in either separate or in tandem can lead to overwhelm. Usually starts with anxiety and the fact that we're feeling anxious about um, doing something or we're lazy. <laughs> Most often we don't, um, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as just we're, we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious about it. And so to avoid that those negative feelings, we will put off doing things. So that's where procrastination, in my own personal opinion, com- it comes from. And also partially based on uh, its overall definition. And overwhelm, uh, I love how it says to be, you know, basically, uh, what is it? Buried with a heavy object? On top of you? Yes. And you know what? It's sort of a rumination. Yeah. That's a great word I just thought of is there's a rumination, an emotional rumination that can come with it where, you know, you're so stuck in that place of overwhelm that I think that you ruminate a person. I love that ruminate. I had to remind myself a deep or 
a deep or considered thought about something. Yes, you can get so deep in the thought of it that you don't even realize that you're wrapped up in the thinking of the negative thought. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. Because you want to know what? How can you think of anything else when you're so stuck with overwhelm? You're just, mm-hmm. you're, you're actually... It's right up in your face. There's no way you can, you can ignore it. No. It's and not in the to be able right to just tell yourself, well, that's something... Overwhelm is something you cannot procrastinate really about. It's just there. Do you know what I mean? Yep. All right. So here, are, you, are we ready? Yep. Okay. Let me find where I'm at because we have some notes here. All right. So, <clears throat> and again, sometimes the procrastination can lead to a false set of beliefs about something. So, for instance, my example um, was because the car is broken down, because I find that overwhelming, I then start to think, oh, the car can't be fixed. I have no details. It hasn't even been looked at. I don't even know what's wrong with the car. It could be a battery problem. But immediately in my head, my head immediately presumes the worst. Why? I'm sure there's some reason for that. It's probably an evolutionary advantage, you know, uh, why we presume the worst, just like how when it comes to unknown things, our brain freaks out and we get afraid of it and we want to fight or run from something that's unknown or scary. So might be a similar reason. I'm not sure. But we did do a little bit of light reading on this subject to see what other people were saying about this. Uh, Is it okay if I read one and then you read the other? I have it on my computer here. Yeah. Okay. So according according to Gretchen Rubin, author of Better Than Before, What I Learned About Making and Breaking Habits, um, the general takeaway is it's easier to change circumstances than ourselves. Um, according to Ms. Rubin, make easy stuff difficult and make difficult stuff more easy to accomplish. That's just the main paraphrasing taking away. This means prioritizing challenging actions over easy, less rewarding ones. Bottom line, make your temptations more convenient. <laughs> I don't think they wrote that on the right thing. Make your... Um, I don't know why I have temptations. It might have been autocorrecting. Um, anyways, make make the uh, things you're trying to do the, to be able to do the work more convenient. Put yourself in a position, I think, is what that's supposed to be. I'm sorry. That was so, that was kind of silly. Uh, do you want to read this next one? I highlighted it on here. Just oh, maybe sure. read over it just to make sure there are not notes in there so you understand what it says. Okay. Only focusing on one act. <clears throat> Excuse me. Only focusing on one action calms their nerves. And it allows us a layer of self-deception. At the start of a given task, you can consider then the next action as near as possible, as if you were method acting. The next action on this is if I were going to do it, even if I'm not, bottom line is don't wait to be in the right mood to complete a task. I see. So you actually thrust yourself into the mental state and then just see if it happens. It says just do it. Yeah. Motivation follows action. So start with the action and your motivation will follow. I really like that. Yeah. And you know what? It's that it's 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 focusing on a task without judgment too, which is a whole nother state of being. Yeah. So, so when it, like when it comes to emotions, the best way that you can somatic psychology mm-hmm. handle things is to not focus on the negatives or positive. Don't don't like if you have pain in your body, don't say, Oh, that's negative pain. Just look at it carefully to see the way it feels. Right. And I liked 
where it says just do it, that goes back in and reaffirms the whole idea of, hey, I'm going to clean my room for 10 minutes, right? Yep. Just do it. And that last and bit. The mo- and then the motivation tends to kind of start. Match up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the next, uh, so that was, that one was by Dr. Uh, I think P-Y-C-H-Y-L, I think cycle, Pykele, uh, Pykele. Um, and then, um, I don't know where you got this one. I think these were ones you saw on, on New York times that a uh, writer had written, um, a piece on, I don't know if you have that still up on your computer, the author, we probably want to cite the credit for that. Yeah. Um, but what they recommend is cultivating curiosity. Um, if you're feeling tempted to procrastinate, bring your attention to the sensations arising in your body or mind. That's interesting because I was already thinking that on my own, which um, was more of a somatic psychology view of it, which means you're not passing judgment on it, but you're remaining with the energy long enough for it to actually work its way through your body so you're not holding on to any bad energy. Um, what feelings are elicited for your temptation? Um, where do you feel them in your body? What do they remind you of? What happens to the thought of procrastinating as soon as you observe it? Does it intensify, dissipate, causes other emotional emotions to arise? How are the sensations in your body shifting as you continue to rest your awareness on them? So that sounds like something straight out of a somatic psychology book. And if anyone's wanting a recommendation on a somatic psychology book, there's a book uh, by the author, author of um, something Levine. It's Waking the Tiger. Do you know which move, book? Oh, Stephen Levine. Stephen Levine. Um, Waking the Tiger. Um, a really good book. I read it years ago. Sorry, like P- Peter read. Levine. Peter Levine. Is it Peter? Yes, Peter. Uh, Levine. Uh, L-E-V-I-N-E. I call. I say Levine, but I think it's yeah, Le- Levine. I guess French Levine. You know, Lou. Um, on the topic, my mom and I have been working on French. Well, my mom, you're what, at 500, 600 days? 642. And I'm at like 330. Um, we're actually learning French, believe it or not. Um, I know how to read quite a bit of French. Um, I know how to write responses in French pretty well. I know how to say individual words well. But as far as coming up with entire words to speak it, um, that's probably second as difficult. And the most difficult is listening to people, uh, speak at full speed. I think that's the, 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 the um, uh, très difficile. Difficult. Very nice. Yeah. I, I was following you. Yep. Um, and whether or not I have the right accent is a whole nother matter. And when I'm learning my French, I'm not remembering all of the accents on the symbols. I'm just trying to get the letters down to first. So I might get me in trouble later, but, um, but I'll just say this. I um, uh, let's see if I'm do this right. Uh, j'aime le le France, le Français. I am learning French. No, no, j'aime. Jim. I love. I like. Oh, I like. Yes. French. French. Yeah. Or um, je je j'adore. J'adore le Français. I love French. Yeah. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I'm not saying detest. Um, <laughs> hate is that's the word for well, hate. The verb for not hate. Not to get into the French subject right now, yeah. but it is very fascinating how much much of the French words yeah. you can identify related to English. Yeah. And it's a hard language, but I've always just loved the accent. I, I love I love listening to French being spoken. 
and um, like Zach said, may never get down exactly what those accents are since we're American and we've only spoken English. Personally, I've spoken English and nothing else, but um, yep, but we're working on it. We're working because you know what? We are going to go to France. At some point, yeah. And it'd be great to be able to communicate, give directions and all that. And I got to tell you, we've been really happy with Duolingo. Duolingo's been a really good one. We are not sponsored by Duolingo, so this is not a sponsorship. But Duolingo, if you would like to sponsor us, just let us know. Oh, we would love to sponsor you. You're amazing. I think the way you have things set up and learning is makes it much easier. And it's only getting better too, I think. I think they made the exercises oh, easier yeah. and not as long. So it's there's no excuse for me uh, truly to be using streak freezes all the time um, or to not be doing it. It's really only takes at most if you apply yourself five minutes, as long as you're actually trying to remember, memorize stuff, the exercises I argue that they did the most recent couple patches have been really easy. I will say what they've done with the competitive stuff is total crap. Like matching. I don't even know how they expect you to match. Like you, you have to be, I am sure people that are native French can't even respond fast enough to complete the the, the exercise. It's it's impossible. Uh, Which we're tying this to the <laughs> procrastination because sometimes yeah. Zach and I wait till the very end of the day and we just because you lose your days if you don't do a little at least five minutes or around five minutes. You have to at least one exercise. So there goes the procrastination again, but. I'm determined not to lose how much time I have. So I figure five minutes. And what you said, Zach, was so true. You don't really lose, even if you only do five minutes a day, you're still learning and you really don't lose what you've learned. I think it's like if you just stop doing it, you would. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I've always heard that if you don't continue, you can lose everything you've learned. Or if you speak the more than one language, if you don't speak that speak that language for a while, you can lose it. Uh, did you find the author of that? Of the, <laughs> I'm on it right now. Who's the author? I'm getting on it, getting on it, just a minute. So we can wrap that up because we're, we're almost done here, guys. Yeah, we are done. And um, we're, we actually probably should try to finish this up in the next couple of minutes. I don't want it to go more than an hour and 45 minutes. We did not really talk about that much to be going this long. So ah, I think we talked about a lot. But anyway, um, an earlier version of this article incorrectly referred to the, referred to the university at which Judson Brewer is in, employed, employed. The author mom? Yes. Um, the author, I know I'm looking for it. It is not at the top here. Okay. Sometimes that gets a little annoyed with my computer skills, but it is not listed at the top. Go to the bottom. You'll find it's not there. Oh, excuse me. Charlotte. How come he always does this to me? This is by Charlotte Lieberman. March 25th, 2019. I was looking at the very, 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 very top. And actually, it is um, why you procrastinate. It has nothing to do with self-control. If procrastination isn't about laziness, then what's it about? So you know what? I actually don't agree with her. I, say, I made the comment that it does have to do with partially self-control. Because we're trying, to, we're trying to emotionally regulate our state, right? And the goal of emotionally regulating our state, as long as it's not purely laziness, we just don't feel like it. But if it brings us... Anxiety? I think it is about emotional regulation, well, so I don't agree with her. Except I do want to say this, all right? 
So basically the reward system in our brain though, naturally, unless, okay. And I'm saying we could probably control it this Mm -hmm. way if we made our decision to, but the reward system of the brain, and if we're not really conscious about it, we're not going to be focused on that. So of course the reward system of the brain wants to just say, ah, too much work, right? Out of laziness. Yes. But there's another side to out it. of laziness or out of the fact that our brain just naturally likes. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's the default mode. It's the default mo- mode network say. of our of our right neuron neuronal network. It's the easier neuronal network but rather than the but less trained one. I understand what you're saying. If in fact we're mindful about that and we start focusing on the on making ourselves accountable, not in a negative way, not in a mm-hmm. blaming way. But saying, I really want to do better with this. And in order to do better with this, I have to remember that my brain gets hijacked with the reward system, okay? Because the reward system is there. And unless we're aware that, like, like when I think I could do it till tomorrow, I'm going to say, hey, I'm, my brain's hijacking again. And then I can say, let's go back and let's see if we just can't do this now for five minutes or 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like... um I'm not sure that, I think that... It starts with action rather than thought, I think is the real... Yeah. And it's just starting. Just do it. It's the the act. It's the act rather than the thought. It's just do it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, we need to wrap this up and... um, So we'll end on a quote, but um, I'll just want to add uh, add that. Yeah, totally. Well, um, anyway, this is, it's awesome. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and um, look forward to listening to us more. And hopefully someday we'll be able to talk to you for those of us that follow us, because we really want to get to that point as soon as possible. But we're really trying to be realistic. I don't say we're realistic. I'm trying to be realistic with this because sometimes I'm not. So um, anyway, Zach, I guess that's it for me. I have not much more to say. If you want to end this with that quote, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that um, this has been a great creative outlet for us. Um, We haven't done anything in the way of art for a really long time. I think the last thing that my mom and I did was um, this would have been in, um, you know, November, December of 2016. We were um, actually um, basically uh, uh, doing Bob Ross. Um, so that's like the mass, last major creative thing, other than working on your um, website for your counseling business, but had not been worked on. That's like the last major mm-hmm. um, kind of tech project I've done. I'm actually very rusty um, since I've been you know, working in a lab for so long and stuff. So yeah. I don't know, but you know, if necessary, we'll see what my limitations are. If necessary, maybe I can pursuing something that's more sedentary but i would prefer not to yeah prefer you're to... not uh, rusty i mean zach come on i think what you just created the website you created for a web podcast is beautiful so may have taken you maybe a while longer but you know creativity... it, it didn't take me longer it's it's just it's 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 hard because you know it's it's like a muscle you use it or you lose it so you know well you haven't lost it well i, I appreciate that even if it does I guess take longer. I don't know the best way to, um, anyways, what was I saying? Um, shoot. You were talking about the last thing that we did that was artistic was Bob Ross. Okay. Um, and, um, there is a quote that you were going to end the, well, yeah, there was something else I was going to say before that. 
Right. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you're, you're, you kind of interrupt. What I was trying to say is I was trying to say that, um, you know, the limitations, I have to kind of see where I'm at with things, you know, coming out the other, uh, out the other side. I'm not going to go into detail, but I've been dealing with some health issues and some life-altering things that changed my general ability to be able to do things. And currently, I'm not able to do things uh, as I'm trying to rehab and get back on my feet. Um, so I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's, this has been a very exasperating situation. So, um, but I'm just trying to keep a positive mind, just keep going with it and see where I end up. The reality is what I was just trying to say is that, um, I need to see, uh, if I need to change up what I do. I previously worked in research. A lot of that was physically demanding and I may not be able to go back to that. Um, you know, I don't have something actually to go back to cause there's no current grant currently, but, um, I have to be careful before committing to something. I don't want to overcommit to something that, you know, obviously can't do because um, it is too physically challenging. And right now that's how, that's how challenging it's been is I really felt that. So anyways, I do wanted to end on this note though. This was a quote from Maya Angelou and it reads, when you do nothing, you feel overwhelmed and powerless. But when you get involved, you feel the sense of hope and accomplishment. And that really, to me at least really, um, I can really feel what she's saying. You know, it's when you let the power of those things ruminate in your mind and kind of take you over, you know, you even start to, to you know, write a story in your own head. We, we sometimes are our worst own enemies, right? Like we don't feel, we feel like we're not worthy of something or, you know, like what's wrong with me? I should be able to do this. And I think it's a very human thing to procrastinate in general. I think it's part of the human condition. Like, you know, both physically and, and mentally. So I think it's important that, like you said, uh, we have we show grace towards ourselves. But personally, if you actually do finally get around to doing it, whether or not it's just by default putting yourself in that in that mental mode, you know, um, to help encourage it without expectation, but just put yourself there long enough, you know, for more than more than more than a, a, a few seconds or a few minutes, but you know, even fifteen minutes, you're more likely to do it. And if you put yourself in that mode of just doing it for fifteen minutes. Pretty soon, what time you lose track of it? You know, you listen to music. You got other things to distract you from the work of doing it. It's even better. And once you get the momentum going, you just keep going. And so, you know, pretty soon it's not a big deal. And then finally, the last thing is just doing it. Just the act of doing it. Sometimes we get so caught up in the mental, um, you know, oh my god, you know, thinking about it and how bad it's going to be that sometimes we're completely shocked when it's good. And then the outcome when we're productive. It feels so good to not only cross things off the list, but if we, if we produce something amazing, imagine if you're an artist and you have a commission, you're like, man, I don't want to do this, do this. I don't want to do this. And what happens is you finally sit down and you do it and you listen to some great music and you produce this thing. You're so glad that you did it because it wasn't going to happen otherwise. All I have to say about the whole procrastination thing, you and I don't have to worry about procrastinating about these podcasts because we're loving every bit of it. So I just hope that you guys are too. Yeah. And um, obviously, the, the more people that listen to us, the more likely we are going to continue to feel the passion that we're feeling right now. And we realize it takes a long time for people to find out about different podcasts. And if this is one for you, we hope that You'll continue listening because we plan on um, doing as many as we can. And honestly, we really get excited before we do these. And 
Uh, again, if it sounds as though sometimes that we're going in one direction, we don't plan, we just kind of talk and that's just kind of who we are. And, um, but for the most part, I think we keep it pretty well together. And I'm pretty pleased with tonight in the fact that we just let it flow. And I think that's the way that life should just be. We can't control it. We need to just let it flow. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's um, heartbreaking. But in the end, you can put it back together and you can move forward. And um, sometimes it's one day at a time. And um, trying to learn to, do, to be mindful of one day at a time because that is definitely going to help with my procrastination and my overwhelm. And um, really help me to heal in many ways that I need to heal. And really doing this podcast, you guys, you're a part of my healing. Um, because I feel like just you listening and maybe, uh, like I said, we'll be able to incorporate the Collins soon. Because that just seems one personable to me. But anyway, peace to you. Um, and, uh, take good care of yourselves until the next one. And, um, we will be creating our next podcast very, very soon. Can't really say when, but it'll probably be within a couple days. So, um, with a weekend coming on. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. And, um, Zach, thanks so much for doing this with me, man. This is a really fun thing to do with you. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, me too. And, um, I was going to say, um, you know, it's important uh, for you all to be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself. Um, the world is not such a great place right now for a lot of people. I think we're all kind of feeling it, <laughs> you know, unless, uh, and you know, I think even for people that are well-to-do with money uh, are having difficult right now in some instances. Um, but just try to remember to be kind, be well to yourself. Um, you know, uh, one thing that my mom and I need to work a lot better on is not treating life so serious. So that's something that just need to remind, you know, that you're worthy, you're worthy of um, love, respect, kindness, et cetera. And uh, that's just a gentle reminder to you to, to, to practice that. Just like procrastination, uh, self-care and, um, uh, you know, self-awareness, self-care and the right to happiness, all those kinds of things, you have to believe it yourself in order for it to happen, you know, to actually attract those things in your life. So... Just uh, remind that want to remind you gently that um, that's something that you gotta remember. Um, and then uh, I know that you were, we were saying goodbye. There was one last thing I wanted to say, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, okay, it's all right. Sometimes we get those brain fogs. It's <laughs> I know, all right. I know. It's uh, there's so much to say. Um, I I think I was just gonna say that yeah, we uh, we were originally gonna wanting to commit to um, once a week with the podcast. I know what I was gonna do is I'm gonna comment on the on the format. You know, not every episode is going to be improvised, you know, where we just have a conversation. Some of them will actually be reading off of of a script, but generally speaking, it won't be scripted as a general rule. But I do think on certain topics that require a lot of, you know, things, we have to, um, you know, really uh, make sure that we're, you know, on uh, on point, you know, with uh, it. So, Well, you're really talking about is like if there's an educational thing that we're talking about and we're quoting different things. I, I totally agree because, um, 
you know, sometimes there's statistics or sometimes there's things that we'll be referring to. And um, we did a little bit tonight, but it was more an open-ended kind of discussion about procrastination because everyone will look at it their own way. But, you know, we expect to get some, we're coming up with a little, we have a ton of ideas. We're trying to decide which one to do first, but you're absolutely right. Sometimes it may be more like, I guess, educational or more structured in a way that um, we are talking about something more in depth that we have. It's, it's going to be a more crit, critical analysis, a more critical look mm-hmm. at certain topics where we really will take it from the, the, the basic elemental concepts all the way through to their execution and how, how it happens exactly. and everything in between and really distill down knowledge into a format that really really exhaustively looks at a topic. Um, the one that we did tonight is not an exhaustive view of procrastination, or um, this is a mere attempt at looking at some of our experiences in our lives and basically saying to you, hey, if you're doing a lot of procrastination, you're listening to this podcast, you should be doing something else. Don't feel bad. It happens to all of us. It's part of a human condition. So, you know, to be gentle about that, but to also, you know, be mindful, maybe do some of your own research. And we would be open to hearing your feedback if you find other resources that are helpful. And you can listen to our podcast and clean your house or drive in your car. Mm -hmm. So you can multitask. So we're trying to help you learn to multitask. And I hope you find this entertaining so that you do so. And when I was at uh, the lab especially during the pandemic. What was I doing? I was listening to podcasts. In my entire life, I'd never listened to podcasts. Do you know how much better it was? I was listening to the same music over and over and over. How a lot of time to pass. And I loved listening to people talk. And I was like, damn, this is, you know, and, and so it just, it just made so much sense for us to do one. So anyways, guys, uh, be well until we see you next time. And uh, hopefully we'll be working on the production quality from here. But just know that the website there are going to be changes. Um, just uh, feel free to check us out at uh, polychromatique.com. It's P-O-L-Y-C-H-R-O-M-A-T-I-Q-U-E.com. That's a mouthful at the end. It's a mouthful, but it's French. What can you say? Yeah. And on there, you will see, you'll know it's the right site. If it says the Polychromatic Podcast at the top right, it's got a mountain range at the top. And the site is kind of a peach... Uh, kind of not red, but kind of a pink, peach, pinky, peachy color. Colored, and uh, we will have news on there. You'll be able to send us a note on the contact form. Uh, we will have episodes posted there again, where you'll be able to ep- um, comment on the episodes and also comment on other people's comments about the episodes. So be on the lookout for that. You're more than welcome to sign up at this point. If you notice that there's weirdness with the website with using it, just realize it's a work in progress. So if there's an issue with using it. Uh, just come back the next day, et cetera, if you need to try using it again. Um, but generally speaking, it should work. So you're welcome to get involved if you want and check us out. And um, also, I plan on making it a feature if you want to subscribe to our list. We will email you when there's new podcast episode available. Love that. And thanks so much for putting all the work into this, Zach. I'm yeah. so thankful you've got that uh, talent of websites and uh IT stuff because uh folks if it wasn't for him I this would still be this website would not be up so I I just want to thank Zach for doing this because he's put a lot of work into it and I know that he's really excited just as I am about what we're doing take care we care about all you and um you know our love goes to the world so um we hope to talk talk to you soon
Yep. And I was going to say, it's very much a passion project and I've not gotten this last in a project like this in a really long time. So it's been a welcome outlet from all of the stuff uh, I've been dealing with. So uh, peace be with you guys and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.